And now stay tuned for the Cannabis Hour. Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. No wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect doping yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? Good morning. You are listening to the Cannabis Hour, a bi-weekly radio program where I discuss all things cannabis. I'm your host, Jen Percacci, and thanks for tuning in. It's Thursday, January 21st, and before we begin our show today, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the exit of Donald Trump and his administration from the White House, and to welcome and celebrate President Biden, Vice President and all the members of the new administration. A brighter day is surely here. I'm joined today by Loretta Maps Bull, who creates musical profiles of cannabis and other plants by recording and translating the plant's electrical impulses into music. This is Loretta's second appearance on the Cannabis Hour. The first was almost exactly a year ago right before she was due to release her album, Ginseng Wonder. Today, we'll be continuing last year's conversation by discussing the new album, Loretta's current projects, and her own experience with the August Complex while working the 2020 harvest season in Trinity County. All right, I know Loretta is waiting patiently here on the line, so let me fully introduce her for all you listeners out there. Loretta Maps Bolt is an artist, innovator, techno shaman, and paradigm changer focused on interspecies collaboration. With a background in biodynamic farming, environmental education, and Reiki healing, Maps Bolt creates realistic pathways for humanity to manifest deeper connections with the earth. With soundscapes, musical profiles and installations, Plant Bigger is made evident through multimedia experiences to connect with plant consciousness. She is the creator, creator of Canatunes and Biotunes, which provide a unique user experience that make plant vitality evident through sound. Both are multimedia, multi-sensory sound installation that translates biorhythmic energy of the plant into a music into musical notes and somatic visual projection. The focus is to provide augmented reality experiences to promote the awareness of intelligence in nature. Hi Loretta, are you here with us on the line? I am. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for joining us, and good morning to you. I understand you are joining us today from Miami. I am. I'm all the way on the eastern shoreboard right now. I had to take a little bit of a breather from all the smoke this fall. It was kind of intense. 
So I guess for you, I should actually say good afternoon. (laughs) And before we dive into our conversation, I wanted to ask you, like I asked all my guests at the top of our show, what is your personal relationship with cannabis? Well, mine um, has been definitely a journey that I've been on since I was almost 13, and I've been... um, procuring it for my stepfather as medicine for his HIV um, when I was young, and now I'm making music with the plant. So it's been a really interesting journey through growing and um, growing the cannabis itself, too, and then working with lots of different cultivators in different parts of the country. And I've had the fortunate ability to have access to a lot of different growers and um, dispensaries and lots of uh, great people in the medical field who are pushing for more um, acceptance and more availability to patients and the, the general public, honestly. Fabulous. Um, I can't wait to ask you so many questions. (laughs) This is such a fascinating topic for me, and I really enjoyed our time together last year. So I'll just start off by asking you to um, tell myself and our listeners how you got started with the arts. Well, it's kind of funny. I actually got into the arts through science, which is, and and a a little bit of help from psychedelics, Um, but they definitely brought me on this, um, or into a space where now I'm talking more about it in terms of animism, um, basically bringing personhood to things in nature or things that we would deem inanimate um, or wouldn't have spirit or life. And I, I feel like I've um, been able to uh, bring that experience more viscerally through the music um, to people. So bringing all the scientific jargon somehow you know, it can go over people's heads. It can be a lot, but when you're listening to a plant play music, it somehow just clicks because there's something about music that I believe is just um, internally resonant within us anyways. And so um, having those plants become audible in front of you, especially when you already might have a relationship with them, is incredibly inspiring, and I think it definitely brings a more holistic feeling to your reality. Absolutely. It's like you're giving these plants a voice and a way to connect with humanity, which is absolutely incredible. Um, When did you first start recording plants? Well, I started doing this about five years ago. I was growing cannabis in Northern California, and I had already been aware of similar devices that were created back in the 70s, um, but nothing was available to the public. And I found out about um, a organization in Italy called Domenhor, who had made the first device that was available for sale. At the time, it was the size of a VCR, but I found out later about um, another device that was made by a couple of guys in Philadelphia, and that 
was uh, at a much cheaper price. So since then, um, I've been basically going back and forth across the country, fields, farms, woods, whatever I can get my hands on or get my feet onto, and trying to find lots of diverse um, plants, whether they're invasive or not, because I think um, all plants travel as well as people, and um, it's interesting to sort of get the sound of the ecology, wherever that might be. Can you describe for myself and your listeners a little bit more about um, what this device is and how it works, your recording device? Sure, absolutely. And um, pretty much all of the devices, you can find at least a number of devices. If you type into Google plant music device, you'll find um, at least four or five of them. And they all work on the same uh pretty much uh, same resonant pickup where they're taking the electromagnetic resistance from the plant. So they're taking that off of the water capacity usually on the, the broad uh, space of the leaf or the stem. Even the root systems, there's these sticky type pads that get um, they're adhered to onto the plant, usually any of the tougher areas. It's really great for trees or things that have thicker um, surface area. And then there's also soft tooth, soft tooth clamps that you can use for more sensitive plants like flowers and such. But really everything in, that is alive has a, an electrical resistance. We have an electrical resistance. So it's almost like a lie detector test for a plant, but instead of getting lies and truths, you're getting musical notes. And um, it, it can also, it's really just data. And honestly, it can be translated into anything, light spectrum, sound, cymatics. So there's a lot of variabilities in terms of expressing the plant's vitality, just in the same way a human has a, a number of ways of expressing themselves through voice or dance or same idea. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's so fascinating. And after you do your recording... Um, do you work mostly with sound and with turning um, this data into music, or do you also do projections and, and visual um, expressions with it as well? Well, I think that there. I've been doing a lot with cymatics. There's a really great app called the Cymoscope app that you can get on to your phone, and I've been using that in tandem with the plant music device in order to visualize the sound um, that is coming off the plants because but I think that there's something about being able to see the sound visualization, and that's what cymatics is. It's just the visualization of sound. If you put it into um, YouTube, it's C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S, and you'll see lots of videos of people taking um sand, water, lots of type of permeable um, substrates, and then taking speakers with high bass and then pulsating the sound through those substrates. And you'll see the sound turn into geometric shapes. And so the idea is, is that basically what is holding all of 
our reality together is some kind of sound vibration and using the cymatic um, technology that is made visible. And doing that with the plant music, I think, is a really great way of maybe visualizing the thoughts, quote-unquote, of the plant. That is absolutely fascinating. So is that is what you just described the Biotunes experience is both seeing this and hearing it at the same time? Yes, and really the difference between Biotunes and Canatunes is just that I had to separate Canatunes from or just the cannabis music from all the other plant music that I do. Unfortunately, because of the same reasons why cannabis is separated from the other plants and the rest of the pharmacopoeia. I mean, <laughs> I um, get a lot of really great grants for biotunes and other plant music, but um, as of right now, there are currently no grants for cannabis music, so I um, just keep them a little bit separate, but really biotunes and cannatunes are the same. It's just cannatunes is more focused on cannabis. Um, but I do the cymatics oh, for both. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that um, the continuing stigma around cannabis is actually affecting your arts funding. <laughs> it affects us in so many different little insidious ways. So I appreciate you explaining that. And since you just painted such a wonderful and visceral picture for us of both hearing um, these sounds and also seeing them at the same time, I'd like to take a moment to listen to one of the tracks that you sent us. So we're going to play um, Strong Maidenhair Fern, and then we'll be back to discuss that with the creator herself, Loretta. So if we would like to go ahead and play that, that would be great.
All right. Thank you so much for that beautiful track. We just heard Strong Maidenhair Fern, which is part of the Biotunes collection of the work of Loretta Maps Bolt. So full of emotion and just an absolutely beautiful track. Um, Loretta, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners about the track we just heard? Yeah, that um, track was part of this journey I took with my friend Bugs Frog. Uh, We've been working on the Ginseng Project, and that was part of the album. But as everybody knows, um, we were supposed to, uh, you know, COVID happened during the 2020 season, and so everyone had to pivot in terms of how they were going to get their work out to um, the public, and I really, <clears throat> I really wanted to create an experience um, that went with the music. So that maiden hair burn song was actually uh, one of the generating ideas for making something that was healing for 2020 and give people some space and time to relax and maiden hair fern maiden hair fern is one of the plants that you use to identify in the woods um, whether or not ginseng is in the area so um, the album was a collection of ginseng music as well as plants that are used as identifying species to um, help you in the hunt for ginseng and it is a hunt if anybody knows anything about ginseng um, so it can be a, a really great uh, plant ally when you're out there in the woods climbing uh, really treacherous hills and muddy landscapes. So um, it was really great fun uh, hunting down these plants at United Plant Savers in Ohio. I want to give a shout-out to them. They really uh, gave us full access to their space during this research project that we were also doing with the Smithsonian around ginseng. And so um, they allowed us to use their space to find um, maiden hair fern, snake plant, um, lots of different types of ginseng. And so that's where that music came from. And that track as well was produced by Seymour Love, um, who took the raw ginseng music and remixed it into the track you just heard. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. So that was recorded in Ohio, is that correct? Yes. And is that primarily where you recorded um, the tracks for your ginseng album, or was it in various parts of the country? No, it was mostly in the Ohio area. We were allowed to use um, United Plant Savers, which is a plant sanctuary Um and they have a number of acres uh, that we're allowed to use to explore and and hunt and work with other local cultivators and plant experts and um, seed savers who were really excited about helping us um, identify these plants and know more about the land and the area and the people who take care of it. It sounds like a wonderful place, and you're mentioning working with other folks that are passionate about plants, and it leads me to my next question for you, which is, how has this work that you do, recording plants and translating it into visual experiences and auditory experiences, how has this work deepened your relationship with the natural world? Um, Yeah, you know, it's 
really brought me into a lot of internal conversations and external conversations, obviously, with other people like yourself who have lots of questions. So do I. I, I'm always using this as an exploratory means. You know, I'm never going to say, like, I have all the answers or I would even say I'm an expert, per se, because it's a constantly a learning process. The plants are teachers in themselves, and each individual plant has their own lessons to teach. Um, And then I think that they have a general uh, psyche about them that has um, a general uh, knowing. However, um, a lot of this has brought me into animistic perspectives, which I think excuse me, I feel like I was already in, but I didn't have the words to verbalize and really say what I was feeling when I was having these interactions with the plants, which on the very surface seem anecdotal. However, when you have them over a period of times and numbers of times over years, I mean, it starts to become a type of place that you're living in where, yeah, the plants are just talking to me and that's normal. So (laughs) um, it's become a a real, uh, I don't even know, I I don't even think journey is the right word to use for it because I feel like it's um, more of an acceptance of being or an acceptance of knowing that everything is alive and it's really more about um, tapping into that consciousness. And I have always felt that um, when I'm in the woods by myself, I'm not alone. And so having this audible representation of that feeling is just reinforcement for that feeling. Um, And it's been really great sharing that experience with others who might already be in that place or are first stepping into a space where they're like, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't realize, like, I'm in the woods, but I'm actually in a crowd. That's so beautiful. And when you were describing that, um, the thought that popped into my mind is that it sounds like a way of moving through the world and a way of moving through sort of moving through it almost a little bit of a different plane, seeing the world through a bit of a different lens. And when folks talk about their spirituality, you know, spirituality is a set of, it can be many different things, but for lots of people, it's sort of a set of values and a set of um, feelings that help guide their decisions and perceptions. That certainly sounds like what you are describing about your relationship with plants is is deeply spiritual. Um, So that's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And it's been really great too, like um, talking to people who come from different backgrounds and pathways as well and having them sort of interpret the sounds that I like we're both hearing at the same time and them getting different um, messages or teachings or knowledge from it. So it's it's always very interesting to see how the, the plants are tapping into us as we are tapping into them. Absolutely. And I 
I would love to play a track from your Ginseng album now. So up next, we're going to hear um, Ginseng Wonder Song. And when we come back from that, I would love to discuss a little bit more about that give and take between um, people and plants. But up right now, we have Ginseng Wonder Song. <laughs> If you're just tuning in, this is the Cannabis Hour. I'm your host, Jen Procacci. We just heard Ginseng Wander Song by Loretta Maps Bolt Horde. She is an artist, innovator, techno shaman, and paradigm changer focused on interspecies collaboration. With a background in biodynamic farming, environmental education, and Reiki healing, Maps Bolt creates realistic pathways for humanity to manifest deeper connections with the earth. Whether traveling across the country via train hopping, woofing, hitchhiking, environmental education tours, or the circus, 
Maps Bolt looks to be eclectic in her experiences and use them to facilitate her work. Constantly learning new skills such as coding, energy healing, alternative farming methods, and ARVR development, Maps Bolt looks to connect all of these disciplines into the pioneering of plant music applications and provides a unique user experience that makes plant vitality evident through sound. As founder of Biotunes and Canatunes, she uses multimedia, multi-sensory applications that translate biorhythmic energy of the plant into musical notes and a cymatic visual projection. Mapsbolt loves to share and create new experiences that involve interspecies collaboration. All right, we just heard Jin sing Wonder Song, and we have Loretta here with us. Loretta, what would you like to share with us about that track? Well, I um, was just thinking, I know that this is the cannabis hour, and people are wondering why. Why are we talking about ginseng? Hey, what's going on? Well, I just wanted to share that, like, I got into this project because I found out about this really great um, Cherokee Native American indigenous story that spoke about ginseng as being the grandfather of all plants and ginseng being the mediator amongst all species when they were thinking about eradicating humans for causing problems on the planet. And ginseng stepped in and said that if we took humans out of the cycle of life, it would disrupt that cycle and that they had a place and a purpose for being in this reality. So um, I found this project is a really great way to deepen my work with cannabis and also share with other people who have a fascination and and love and compassion for cannabis to, um, you know, divulge into other plant mediums for healing and also explore other plant consciousness. Wonderful. Thank you. And I am very grateful to you for making that connection for our listeners. And on that note, I would love to dive into talking with you about the work that you have done with cannabis. Um, When did you first record a cannabis plant? Well, uh, it's funny. I, when I first got my plant music machine, I found myself on the uh, in Philadelphia, so definitely not around any cannabis plants, but I made my way back to California as soon as I could. Um, that was around 2016, and I went up to a friend's farm, and I activated a bunch of his plants, and honestly, it was really great knowing that he was a longtime cannabis farmer working with a lot of medicinal patients to finally see him uh, he- see him hear these plants, and especially the strains that he had cultivated for so many years um, working with patients to, like, see the look on his face, you know, have him, like, have these plants sort of sing for him and vocalize. Um, It's really great when you're working with the people who have been working with these special cultivated strains, but I'm 
really excited about creating a library of as many strain um, soundscapes as possible. I know that there's always new strains being created all the time, um, but there's a lot of possibilities with that in terms of having people uh, listen to their cannabis while they're consuming it. And so for the past four or five years, um, doing that work, visiting as many farms as I can get my feet on, um, I've been trying to activate and make those plants audible. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years, but I plan on continuing it as much as I can, um, considering the climate and the restrictions that we've been in. I've been fortunate enough to do a little bit of that this fall um, with my own plants that I was able to somehow take all the way from Oakland as babies and and bring them in pots all the way up to Trinity County. (laughs) And somehow they survived and um, even made it through all the smoke and stuff. So, yeah, it's been a it's been really interesting seeing throughout all the seasons too. Um, the different types of sounds that the cannabis makes, whether it's a really wet season or a really dry season, or people are running from fires. Um, yeah, lots of diversity in that music for sure. I have so many questions for you. I don't even know where to begin when it comes to um, how excited I am to talk with you about this cannabis part of your work. Um, So my first question is, if I were to have, let's say, six plants of a strain like Blue Dream and six plants of a strain like Sour Diesel, and you did recordings on all 12 of those plants, would you find similarities um, within the strain? I would say that I would were find different similarities from the other one. And I go ahead. Oh no, no, sorry, I didn't I didn't know you were finished. Well that's that's a really great question because that's sort of what I did with the plants I had this summer. I like specifically got my own plants this uh year three of one kind, three of the other, to do that very experiment and um that's the the music that I got from those plants after, you know, tracing them all over California and then finally finding a plant place to put them in, into pots and watching them grow through all the smoke. Um, <laughs> so they basically had all the same treatment. They had all the same nutrients. They got uh, cut down at the same time. They all got transplanted at the same time. Um, so what I noticed was that the music from the two different, this one strain, they were both from Dark Heart Nursery. One strain was the um, Blue Dream uh, pre-98 Bubba Kush cross. And then I had a Nepali pink um, strain from Dark Heart Nursery. And so the general vibe from both of the plants was this really, like, mellow, almost like really soothing tones, very consistent all the way through. Lots of times they're plants because I'll be working with them for the very first time. They're like getting used to having themselves hooked up. So the music can sound kind of, I don't know, up and down junky is a word that I use sometimes, which means like, you know, like kind of like hiccupy, um, but it was very smooth lots of great transitions, but between the two of them, um, the 
Bubba Kush Blue Dream definitely had these more uh, low tones, low vibrations, heavy bass sounds, whereas the Nepali Pinks were definitely these high pitch, ethereal tones that, you know, sometimes I had to take my headphones off because I was like, ooh, that's a little sharp. And, um, but in general, they both had these like, uh, very smooth transition, sort of like yoga music type things. I felt like I was in some sort of temple or something. I felt like the plants were, in 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 essence, just trying to create some stability within themselves, despite the fact that I was putting them through all kinds of twenty twenty craziness. absolutely love hearing you describe this and it's so fascinating to me um do you feel like there's any correlation for you between the sounds that you hear and then the high that you experience when you consume these plants so i like to think so i i want other people to um have this experience so i can have that feedback when when i um do what you're speaking about, which is ultimately what I'd like people to have when they're listening to the cannabis is having those types of experiences where they are feeling or or hearing what they're feeling to a certain extent. But those two experiences resonate with each other. Um, sometimes I think that it may not always, I mean, there's some cannabises that I think that can make you very chill, but, you know, I've had lots of music come from cannabis plants that is totally out there, totally like hard punk rock music, maybe not somebody's thing, or sort of like heavy, like EDM metal music. I, I can't even really explain it sometimes, but it almost sounds like trash cans banging together sometimes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that might not be the best thing to, but who knows? I'm not, I'm not here to judge. Maybe people do want to listen to that while they're smoking, um, or using cannabis. But, um, I've been really working with the farmers because I think that working with the people who have their hands on the plants every day is really where the music connects. I think that the plants really feed off of the um, the steward's vibe, the person that who's taking care of the plants. And so when I work with the plants on a farm, I think that that's my number one goal really is to understand from the farmer's perspective what their journey has been with that plant because it gives me a better reflection of, like, where this plant is at. You know, it's almost like... You're, you're living in somebody's house or like you're like staying on in a place with a bunch of people that you're meeting for the first time. You know, you're in a new space. You're alive for the first time. So it's, it's hard to say like, oh, this blue dream will sound exactly the same as your blue dream. Um, I, I was able to make music with plants on different sides of this one mountain that I was on. So even though we were in that same area, those plants sounded different, even though they were the same strains. And I think it mostly had to do with the, the cultivators that were interacting with them because they had different personalities. 
fascinating. And that leads me perfectly to my next question for you, which was, and it sounds like you answered it a little bit, but maybe we could expand on that. And that was, do you hear a difference in the recording between plants in the mountains versus in the valley versus in the coastal areas and like indoor versus outdoor plants? Absolutely. 100%. And that's why this work is endless. You know, I, I, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do it all. Um, and there's all kinds of ways that you can sort of mix it up and create new experiments. Um, I think that there's, uh, <laughs> even with this ginseng project, so we went and made music with um, lots of ginseng in different areas, but we also made music with ginseng throughout the seasons. And so being able to do that and record the ginseng as it was coming up in the spring and then thriving in the summer and then going into the fall and then being dormant again into the winter because technically you're not even supposed to harvest ginseng until it's at least five to seven, hopefully 15 years old. And so being able to, like, work with plants that have been underground, like, you know, doing their thing for such a long time is super interesting. And then going out to, like, right here, I'm on the eastern shore, I'm back around tropical eastern shore plants, which are totally different than California, which is drier, definitely lots of succulents and things like that. So even though they're both coastal areas, it's totally different plants. And so getting the sounds over here has been really interesting in comparison to California. Um, just one example is, is that I was working with a palm tree here on on the eastern shore, and it was giving me way different sounds than the palm trees that I worked with in California. The ones in California were giving me very, like, uh, a space-age sort of sounds. I felt like I was in Star Trek or Star Wars. There was a lot of, like, laser sounds almost and a lot of, like, high-pitched beeps. But here on the eastern shore, the palm trees give these, like, high-toned vibrations, like, almost like they're singing. There's um, a, a variation in the sounds that I can use that's a chorus sound where it sounds like people singing. And they, like, for some reason, like to use that more often than any of the other instruments that I have to choose. So I think it's a perfect time for us to enjoy a cannabis song that Loretta has created. And I believe the name of this track is Phoenix Splatter Table Water Dog Beat. Is that correct? Yes, it is. uh, Phoenix was the Phoenix um, was the name of the strain. Splatter table was the name of the sound that I used for the plant. And water dog farm was the farm in Mendocino that I um, was at when I was approaching and working with this plant. Fabulous. So let's go ahead and hear Phoenix Splatter Table Water Dog Beat by Loretta Mapsbolt.
All right. So we just heard Phoenix Splatter Table Water Dog Beat by Loretta Maps Bolt Horde. Loretta, what would you like to share with us about that track? Well, yeah, that I just wanted to throw out that that was um, a song remixed by my friend in Sacramento, Phantom Menace. Shout out to him. I took the raw tracks and I sent them over to Phantom Menace, and he remixed it into that song we just heard, and that was recorded in 2018 uh, into 19. We were able to take a lot of the raw tracks and really represent the vibe that I was feeling when I was there. Water Dog Farm in Mendocino is a great family-owned cannabis farm that uh, was kind enough to allow me to come and check out their cannabis plants. And they have a really great um, way of farming their cannabis. They're super into creating different terpene profile, uh, nutrient enrichment um, type of systems where they're taking um, sort of biodynamic practices uh, where they're co-planting and co-gardening all types of flowers and food products and herbs and spices with their cannabis to enhance the different terpene profiles depending on the strain. So it was really great making music with the flowers right next to the potatoes, right next to the cannabis. And so I had a lot of fun just like being in this really chill vibe space with kids running around and he had classical music playing for the plants and you know, he put a lot of effort into making the plants part of the family. And, um, yeah, Water Dog Farm, they do a lot of great work with uh, putting a lot of care into their their cannabis. Yes, it sounds like exactly the kind of farm that I would absolutely love. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you on that note, how do you connect with the farms that you work with? You know, funny enough, it gets... Uh, uh, to a situation where people reach out to me just through uh, word of mouth. They'll hear about me through somebody. Or I'll just, like, cold contact people on Instagram, or I'll reach out to them through Facebook. Um, I'm always researching and looking for new farms and uh, new growers to me. They're new to me um, that are doing interesting growing practices or working with the plants in a special way or in a way that um, brings out the consciousness of the plants. Loretta, we've got just about five minutes left here. And I know when we spoke yesterday, you mentioned that you wanted to speak about your experiences during the fire this fall. So would you like to take the last few minutes of the show to talk with our listeners about that? Yeah, I I definitely congratulate everyone for getting through the fall 2020 season. I know it was tough on everyone, you know, no matter where you were. Um, up in the Trinity County, even all the way down to Oakland. Um, I know a lot of us saw those orange skies, those ominous orange skies, uh, and a lot of us didn't know what to do. I was on a hill uh, up in Trinity County, and uh, we had a lot of weeks of that situation. We definitely had a lot of 
2020 happenings where, you know, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. But we, I remember the first day that I got up to the farm, uh, the water, the well broke and the water supposedly was going to be fixed like within the week. But by the time I left the farm in November, we still didn't have water. So it was very dry, very smoky. Um, oh, no. They were, like, trucking water up for the plants. Um, you know, we were doing a lot of the the season almost like it was, like, 1995, and we were hiding in the woods somewhere. It felt very viscerally like that in a lot of ways. But I was like, hey, we're camping out. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> so, um you know, I definitely want to give a lot of love and healing to everybody who um, survived the fires and were able to make it out safely. And I know a lot of people might have lost their homes or even their farms or their livelihood. So definitely send a lot of prayers out to those people. And also, I know a lot of people left California, like myself, uh, hopefully not permanently, but um, right now it, it just felt like I needed to get a little bit of a breather because it was such a tough season. I felt like it was one of the toughest seasons that I had um, gone through. However, it's it's kind of funny because I had brought those plants from Oakland that I was working with. I put them through this horrendous growing season, and yet the cannabis that I was able to harvest from these plants are such it's such a heart opening feeling. I haven't had that from cannabis in a long time. And so it's almost like the struggle makes you better in some sort of way and it became reflected in the cannabis. So I've been saving it for little special occasions, you know, be like, oh I I just really need it this time. Um so it's it's kind of funny. I almost feel that way in many ways myself. Hopefully others do too. Loretta, that's so absolutely beautiful. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for speaking so eloquently about your work and sharing what is clearly a very deep spiritual connection with not only cannabis, but with all plant life in general and just with our entire natural world. We have just about two minutes remaining, so I would love for you to share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want or how they could hear more of your amazing music. Yes, you can always reach out to me um, on Instagram at Canatunes. And if you're interested in the ginseng um, experience, we actually took the album and turned it into a spa kit experience with a guided meditation that takes you through the ginseng um, story as told by the Cherokee and uh, a couple of the songs. So if you want to get that, it's at Cimarron Maz. Dot com that's c i m a r r o n dash m a z dot com and it's available for purchase and yeah reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Canatunes or at Biotunes. Wonderful, thank you so much, Loretta, for joining us. It has truly been a pleasure. This has been another episode of the Cannabis Hour. I'm your host, Jen Procacci. I'll be back two weeks from today on Thursday, February 4th, with another edition of the Cannabis Hour for you. 
And if you would like to reach me between now and then with a comment or a question, uh, you can do so by emailing me at kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. That's kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. And until then, have a beautiful day and I'll see you next time. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willitson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.